Hawks block out the Suns 129 to 120 for the 10th straight home win versus Phoenix. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Tim Ogles, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky, where we talk everything Hawks. Let's go. All right, Mikey, uh, a great win for the Atlanta Hawks, but Something I wanted to go into real quick before we get into this game is um, Trey Young being snubbed for his third All-Star appearance. Um, Man, I just don't get what Trey Young has to do to be uh, considered an All-Star. And, you know, every year, Trey's stats have gone up. His efficiency has gone up. Um, This year, you know, during All-Star selections, he went on a 30 and 10 run, you know, setting an NBA record, and it's still not enough to get him an all star selection. I don't know what else the man could do. Yeah, for me, I think the most telling thing is the all star game is mainly for the fans. And yes, the players get accolades, they, you know, contract incentives. I'm sure there is there too. But the all star game is mainly for the fans. And the fans voted Trey Young second in the East. Amongst the guards, and Tyrese Halliburton is in first, obviously deserving, um, definitely of, of a starting position in that in the All Star game. But the fact that Trey was second in fan voting and didn't even make it in the reserves, I've never seen that before. And it just to me, it just seems like for for some for some people, win, winning is 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 definitely valued uh, for All Stars. I mean, you you look at the top teams in the East. I mean, the Bucks two All Stars, Celtics two All Stars. Sixers, two All-Stars, obviously, you know, Embiid's probably going to miss the game uh, with his injury. But, um, yes, winning matters, but it's it's really different for, for some people. Like, for example, the Lakers, they got two All-Stars. The Kings got zero, and the Lakers are on the 500. And so it's kind of name value right there. But but for me, uh, Trey's had an incredible year. I definitely thought he should have uh, been deserving of an All-Star position. I think um, two names that stick out to me, Jalen Brown and Paolo Boncaro, Great seasons for those guys. I think even Jalen Brown, he would say he's having a down year for himself. In my opinion, Porzingis has been the second best player for the Celtics this year over JB. But I think uh, Paolo and, and JB, those would be the two guys that Trey uh, could could have been in, in instead of. Yeah, and, and something for Trey is, you know, it's one thing to be like, he is the engine for the Atlanta Hawks. He, he's the one you know, that stirs the drink and gets everything going offensively for the Hawks. And sometimes it it just seems like the fan voting, the fans wanted Trey to definitely be an all-star. And shout out to all the Atlanta Hawks fans that voted for Trey. They got him second in the East for culture. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like the media and the players get a vote and – for me, like the media gets to vote for all NBA selections and, and all those awards, MVP. Let the fans decide the all-star game. Yeah, because ultimately, while all the accolades and stuff are great for the players and that, that'll be on their, you know, 
record books, basketball reference page. Um, the All-Star game in and of itself is for the fans. That That is what that weekend is for. The game really isn't that competitive. Everybody just wants to see you know, the best basketball players in the world go out and, and hoop together pretty much because that's what it is. And unfortunately for Hawks fans, um, with with without an injury replacement at the moment, it doesn't seem like Trey is going to get there. Now, he, uh, Julius Randle and Joel Embiid, most likely both of them will miss the game. Uh, so there's a chance Trey, Trey could get in. And he did say after tonight's game that he would take uh, an injury replacement if it was offered to him because he said uh, that it wouldn't just be representing him. It would also be representing the organization, city of Atlanta, all that kind of stuff. But just kind of unfortunate that it had, it had, it had to be in this circumstance and that he wasn't voted in. Yeah, and we'll go on to a positive note, which is a great win by the Atlanta Hawks over the Phoenix Suns. Um, Mikey, this game was a dogfight um, from the very tip. It was back and forth. Um, there was, <laughs> I, I, I want to say there wasn't very much defense uh, involved in this game. I think that, you know, there were spurts, but, you know, for the most part, I felt like both teams offensively were able to get um, – you know, what they wanted um, for the Hawks um, defensively. They really stepped it up in that fourth quarter yeah. to, to seal this one off. Yeah, for sure. That, that was going to be my first point. I mean, you look at the fourth quarter, only 25 points scored for Phoenix in that fourth. Uh, it's DeJounte Murray especially, but but really uh, the entire Hawks team stepped it up defensively in that fourth quarter. A uh, couple, couple of, of stats here of note for this game. Oh, first of all, Trey Young had a just masterful performance in this one. Day. We'll get it. We'll get into all that uh, in with the game flow and and the box score. But Trey was on a mission tonight. You, I guess you could probably say that for sure. Uh, but these numbers: sixteen turnovers for the Suns compared to nine for the Hawks. Uh, but weirdly, Phoenix scored twenty-one points off those nine turnovers compared to only five points off the the Suns 16 turnovers. So for the Hawks, that's just that's just a weird stat in of itself because they got a lot of steals tonight. You know, it, it the, the Hawks collected seven steals tonight, but they just didn't really they just didn't really score that well in transition. It, it did it did it was enough though uh because Phoenix kept turning over the ball even though you know the Hawks couldn't re, couldn't really turn those into points at the other end. But that's just kind of kind of one of those weird statistics that we've seen over so many recent days with with the Hawks finding out finding out ways to win games and this was their third win in a row. Yeah, and we'll start off the first uh you know, Nurkic started out with the first six points for the Suns um and everything was in the lane. Um it felt like, you know, they got Capella in the pick and roll and it was it was just trouble. Um you know, the Hawks went seven to six. Uh, seven to six at that point. Um, KD uh, had two dunks, and both of them were in transition. And it, it was like nobody was in the lane. Um, and if they were in the lane, they didn't get to him. To his hand was pretty much in the rim. Yeah. Uh, one thing. One thing you you say about great scores. You never want them to get in a rhythm early from easy looks, and that's exactly what the Hawks gave KD here. Uh, two wide open dunks. Yeah, that happened with Luca. Uh, whenever the Hawks played Dallas, they gave him so many easy baskets to begin the game. You build his confidence, and then he has that kind of performance on you. 
yeah, I mean, KD, KD was still re- really good in this game. At 14 of 24 from the field, 35 points, 5 and 9 from beyond the arc for, for KD. So he he definitely, definitely did his thing that, that he normally does. The Torton Hawks really torches everybody. But uh, you just can't you just can't let a great player like that get s- such easy looks because, like you said, ri- once they get in a rhythm like that, it's going to be really hard to stop them. Um, and then Trey Trey Young, early in this game, he was really active on defense. I mean, he was he was uh, in the lanes, getting deflections. He pickpocketed a couple people, including KD, uh, later in the game, which we'll go over. Uh, he picks Grayson Allen's pocket here and then scores on the layup, kind of. Uh, getting the crowd going and and c- cementing some some early momentum here for the Hawks. Yeah, um, Phoenix had five turnovers in the first seven minutes uh, of this game. Um, something that I wanted to bring up for a second is Trey Young defensively in this game. I I don't think uh, for me I, I think this was probably one of Trey Young's best defensive games of his career. Yeah, he did a great. He thought he did a great job on Grayson Allen, and he just kind of be being a menace. Like obviously, you know, his size it limits him a little bit. But if he can use that size to just bo- bother people in little ways, that if you're bigger, you can't get that far down low. You can't be as quick on your feet. If Trey can keep doing that, uh, you're gonna you're gonna see uh, a lot of good results for the Hawks on the defensive end. They were up 21-17 at this point, and this was one thing that Phoenix really never adjusted. Atlanta kept slipping screens, and it was leading to easy dunks. Jalen Johnson, Yucca Kangu, Clint Capella would have had a couple, but you know, unfortunately, he he had missed uh, he missed a couple layups and missed a dunk uh, later in the game. But they were they definitely had the, the Suns' defense reeling uh, and on the ropes early because Frank Vogel. I mean, he had called several timeouts. Pro- probably angry in those timeouts to kind of adjust to what the Hawks were doing in the pick and roll. Yeah. And, and Trey Young uh, shooting the ball in this game was phenomenal to start out. He started out four or five and three of three from deep. Um, he just wasn't missing. I felt like when Trey came out uh, tonight, he was on a mission to prove a point, um, not offensively, uh, also uh, as defensively as well. Um it was just one of those things where um, he had a dime to Nyeka Kongwu for a jam, making it 33-30. Yeah, and this was now the second game in a row where you've seen Trey get a really hot start from beyond the arc. He went 6 of 6, if I'm not mistaken, last game to, to start from, from deep. So great to see Trey getting in a rhythm uh, from downtown there. At, after the first, you had Trey with 11 points. Booker had 9 Six turnovers for the Suns. And then early early in this first quarter, uh, Jalen Johnson did turn his ankle after going up for a layup. He landed on KD's foot. And it it looked like Jalen was a bit passive after that. Uh, he, still had a, he still had a pretty good game. But I wonder if that was just hobbling him a little bit as the course of uh, the game went, went on. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can imagine as the game goes on, the swelling probably gets a little tighter and tighter around the ankle. Um for him, I mean, whenever like he's passive, um, I feel like the offense uh, struggles just a little bit. But his passing ability probably negates a lot of that. Um, I think he's still underrated as a passer as a, as we are now. But you know, I think Jalen um, 
still played a really, really good game, even with turning his ankle early in this one. Um, you know, we'll move on to the second quarter. Uh, it was 35-35. Um, Anyeka Okongwu <laughs> hits Bradley Beal in the nose, which is already broken. Um, he hit, uh, I mean, Beal hits the and one. Um, but... Man, it, it was it was kind of scary for a second because I thought I mean there was blood everywhere. Uh, I, I felt like um, maybe he he doesn't get back to the free throw line to shoot and they have to use like an injury replacement. It, it was it was pretty sketchy at that point. Yeah, yeah. For the Suns, I mean, I, I it looked like Beal was going to go out of the game, and go back to the locker room, but he ended up staying in. He shot the free throws, um, and Bo- Bogey in this game was in rhythm from the get go. He hits back. He hits back to back threes, um, and then you know you got Kevin Durant with his third dunk already within like I'd say 16 minutes into the game. Not a great sign there. Uh, after that, it was tied at 45, and then Quinn Snyder draws up uh, the patented ATO for Onyeka for Onyeka Kangu in the right right side corner for a three ball. Bogey always screams for him. It seems like in that corner, and Onyeka Kangu knocked it down. Yeah, um, I wanted to talk about that KD dunk um, for a second. Do you think it was a problem with the the Hawks getting organized in transition, like them maybe losing their guy, and that's the reason KD was so free uh, in transition to get those dunks? Yeah, I think so. I thought um, overall the Hawks in the half court, they in the first half at least, they made it tough for KD. Uh, to try to get into a rhythm, just to making some tough jumpers. Obviously, he's going to do that. He's Kevin Durant, but um, and I thought I thought the Hawks pretty did did a pretty good job in the, in the half court. But when you when you let a guy like that get three open dunks in transition, it's just going to boost his confidence so easily. Yeah, and, and as I was bringing up Trey Young's defense here in the second, uh, Trey gets called for a, a foul, and it ends up being a clean block on Bradley Beal and you know that's something that we don't say uh very often in the same sentence as Trey Young and a block but that, I I just felt like him defensively in this game was something that was you know refreshing to see for sure because you know Trey Trey's been labeled as one of the worst defenders in the league and like people that actually watch the Hawks know that that's not the case anymore and you know it felt like tonight he was out to prove a point yeah Jalen Johnson converted a tough and one through Yusuf Nurkic uh, and the Hawks with that reached an 11 point lead 63-52 their biggest lead of the night uh and that was with a a 10-2 run yeah and then I felt like the Hawks broke down in this last two minutes of the second quarter um um a Durant three um it, it just felt like you know they were and it ended up only being a three point lead at halftime 66 63 um they it felt like it could have been more yeah I, I felt like Phoenix just they were just getting timely stops to to end the quarter and it, it wasn't like the Hawks were taking bad shots it was just you know unfortunate Yep. At halftime, Trey had 17 and nine. Uh, the Suns, seven turnovers. The, and the Hawks had two. But the Suns, like you said in transition, uh, especially with KD, 12 to four in fast break points. Uh, so that, that was a big advantage there for Phoenix. 
for the third, Sadiq Bay, after uh, as the as the second quarter winded down, he went up for a layup, and then similar to Jalen Johnson, landed on Kevin Durant's foot, and he could not return in this game. So the Hawks started Wesley Matthews uh, at the small forward position instead of him, but and West ended up knocking down two threes in, in the second half. But to begin the second half, it was all Trey. He was six of eight from deep uh, at at this point. But in the third, um, in contrast to the end of the second, everybody was just going to basketball. Nobody was getting stops, it seemed like, for the first three four minutes of the second half. Yeah, and Nurkic was killing the Hawks off the, um, off the roll. And it felt like the Suns were living in the paint. They were shooting 56%. Uh, I mean – you know, when a when a team is um, shooting that that kind of percentage, you figure there would be some kind of adjustment, but it just – I don't think that adjustment really kicked in <laughs> until probably that fourth quarter. Yeah, the Suns honestly could have could have ran away with this game the way they were shooting the basketball, but the turnovers really shot themselves in the foot. Uh, they they kind of kept the Hawks in this winning. Credit to the, credit to the Hawks for kind of taking advantage of those opportunities they were giving them. And uh, the crazy sequence here, Trey Young tries to drive past Kevin Durant on the baseline. He gets called for a blocking foul, throws a shot up as he's falling out of bounds over the backboard from behind it, gets it to go, but it was not called continuation. And, uh, you know, Hawks fans were upset at that, and I think rightly so. If you look at the play over, it, it's it's chancy. It, it's it probably like 50-50 shot if they would have given continuation on the play or not. But uh, Victor Wembanyama did a similar thing tonight. He got continuation on it, so that kind of made Hawks fans a little upset. But nonetheless, a crazy sequence, even though the points didn't count. Yeah, it, it was one of those ones where it was hard to to judge if he 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 had uh, pulled the ball up uh, at that point. But you know, it was still uh, an awesome shot to watch, <laughs> just in general. But I wish that bucket would have counted. Um, Click Capella misses a wide open dunk. KD and Allen both hit threes to tie it at 86 after the Hawks went up six with DeJounte. Um, DeJounte gets a tech. And I, I me and my mind had to walk away from the TV for a second because um, he, he gets a tech for throwing the ball at the goal. Um, you could tell he was highly frustrated. Um, by the way, you know, those couple of possessions went, but man, you cannot do that. Yeah, it was it was more of the fact that the Hawks, like you said early in the show, couldn't get organized in transition. Those three, the three by Allen was was on was on a wide open three uh, on a fast break and everybody was just not getting back on defense. So, um, yeah, you got to got to hold your frustrations a little bit there if, if you're DeJounte in that situation. Uh, but this was an interesting lineup that Quinn Snyder threw out there. With DeAndre Hunter down for injury management tonight, with Sadiq Bey not able to play in the second half, Quinn Snyder went with playing Wesley Matthews at the four. And Patty Mills, DeJounte Murray, Bogey, and Akongu are also uh, on the floor with that's That's kind of a crazy lineup there that I didn't think we'd see at any time this season, to be honest. Yeah, definitely not. Um, but... <laughs> One thing that I love seeing is Wesley Matthews do his three-point celebration. Um, and me and you talked about it whenever we first started this pod, and he went on like one of the coldest streaks ever known to a basketball player. 
because we we were wanting to see that celebration and man we got to see it twice in this one yeah good good to see him knock knock down some shots from deep and kind of get out of that shooting slump uh the hawks closed the quarter on a 7-0 run and they ended up taking a 195 lead into the final frame now in the first possession of the fourth the suns win a challenge uh, on an out-of-bounds call um you know the trey had thrown a pass to jalen uh, Jalen kind of fumbled it a little bit. Uh, three, two Suns players converged on him. Uh, credit to the Suns there for kind of you know making that pass uncomfortable. Ended up being successful for the Suns. It was their ball. But uh, after that, Dejounte Murray just said, "All right, it's my time," and went crazy in the fourth quarter. Honestly, as Brad Rowland would say, "It's Dejounte Murray time," and he officially turned it up and man um you know oo um played a long stretch uh you know in this game i felt like anyaka kongu in this game just was the perfect fit for this game i felt like uh offensively defensively um he was doing better at getting uh back to the rim i felt like you know this this style of game that the hawks played definitely against the phoenix suns Anyaka Okongwu outplayed Clint Capella hands down. Yeah, one, one of his best performances of the season, I, I, I thought. Uh, but yeah, DeJounte, really tough finish over Nurkic uh, with uh, with the left hand, kind of throws it up off, off, the, off the high glass there. Then he gets a steal, finishes, finishes, it off, finishes it off with a layup on the other end. And the Hawks go up 9, 108 to 99. Uh, but Capella comes back in. We've seen Onyeka Kangu a couple times this season close with like the, the final 17 minutes. Capella came in for for a, for a few minutes there, uh, but Onyeka Kangu came in with like to, uh, for like two minutes. Probably was just to give Onyeka sh- a short rest there. Yeah, and you know we we've always talked about Quinn Snyder and him adjusting the closing lineup, and he definitely did in this game because um, I mean. Anybody could see that Anyeka just had what it took uh, definitely in this game to close it out. And, you know, the Suns started making sloppy decisions. Um, Bogey hits a three um, to make it 116 to 109 Hawks. Um, And then you have Trey Young picking Kevin Durant's pocket. And... One of the, my favorite parts is, is is Trey doesn't drive the ball to the rim after he picks KD's pocket. Um, you know he he decides to shoot the three. And, I, and me personally, I felt like that was the dagger in the game. Uh, I yeah. felt like you know once Trey hit that, um, everything for momentum wise was shut down for the Suns. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but some the Hawks could have easily like on paper made uh, kind of ran away with this game, but. The Suns started hitting a lot of threes. They went centerless playing KD uh, at the five. You know, Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen, Bradley Beal had had a lot of open looks from three tonight. He was 0 of 7 from deep. But the refs actually took back a three that Eric Gordon made because his heel was touching the, the, the sideline when he shot it. And after that, it just seemed like it took uh, that took the wind out of this the Suns' sails, and they – the Hawks kind of ran away with it after that. The Suns couldn't get anything doing offensively over the, the last couple of, couple of possessions. And fittingly, on the final offensive possession for Phoenix, the Hawks forced the turnover. Yeah, and 
I felt like the Hawks too, and we we've talked about this a couple times is um, their ability to you know move the ball without um, you know making risky passes and definitely in pressure situations when other people bring double teams. Now we know Trey Young's really good with double teams. The rest of the roster that is still to be determined. But I felt like you know when they were throwing double doubles at. Onyeka or Jalen uh, to force the ball out of their hands with the time running down. I felt like uh, everybody on the team actually did a really good job. Yeah, the decision-making from this one for Atlanta, especially down the stretch, too, that was really encouraging to see. Yeah, and moving into the box score in this one, uh, we'll start with uh, Wesley Matthews. He had 12 minutes, uh, two of six from the field, two of five from deep, um, six points, one rebound. Uh, I, I felt like Wesley played okay, definitely filling in for uh, Sadiq Bay. Hopefully he's back uh, pretty quick with that ankle injury. Patty Mills in 10 minutes played uh, – or he played 10 minutes, 1-4 from the field, 0-3 from deep, two rebounds, one steal, two points. I thought Patty was okay. Not, not really the greatest defensively, but still his instant impact uh, of, of energy off the bench has seemingly helped the Hawks more often than not. Yeah. And, um, moving to bogey, uh, 34 minutes, uh, eight to 12 from the field, four to seven from deep, uh, three for three from the free throw line, four rebounds, five assists, 23 points. I felt like bogey was, uh, awesome in this game. Uh, I felt like uh, he shot the ball really well. Uh, he moved the ball really well offensively, um, definitely with the five assist. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you can ask for much more from Bogey because this was a solid one. Yeah, for sure. And it's great to see Bogey kind of get back into that rhythm shooting-wise as he was in a slump there with Sadiq uh, it took to the beginning of January to the end of December. Fonyeka Kongu, 27 minutes, 7 of 8 from the field, one of one from downtown, seven rebounds, one steal, two blocks, 15 points, a plus 23 in this game compared to Capella's minus 14. I thought Akangu, this was one of his best games of the year. Uh, he really did it on both ends. You know, obviously seven of eight from the field, elite efficiency. Uh, I just I just thought he was everything the Hawks needed tonight and definitely, definitely showed kind of the flashes of the versatility that he can have on both ends. Yeah, uh, Kongu played phenomenal. He was rewarded um, by being able to close this game and, and hopefully builds on it. Uh, moving to Clint Capella, uh, 20 minutes, uh, 5 of 10 from the field. Oh, I mean, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, um, 11 points, uh, minus 14. Um, I felt like Clint struggled in this game. Uh, I felt like early, like in the first, he was – he was okay. He did get into foul trouble, but, you know, I, I felt like he was okay. And then, you know, once he came back in for that second stint, it, it was just uh, downhill for him. Yeah. Uh, for Sadiq Bay, well, he only played the 16 minutes, obviously not playing at all in the second half. One of seven from the field, 0-3 from deep, three rebounds, two points. Uh, Sadiq had struggled for sure before going out with that injury. But he's really, he's really just trying to go to the rim now. And it's, it's something that I didn't see coming from Sadiq. But honestly, with that shooting slump, uh, it, it's good that he's trying to find more ways to affect uh, the game positively on the offensive end. Yeah. 
Um, moving to Jalen Johnson, um, 38 minutes, 6 of 14 from the field, 2 of 6 from deep, 2 of 3 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, uh, 16 points. I felt like um, Jalen was a, a little passive. Uh, that's probably due to the ankle injury, but um, I still I still thought he played a really solid game. Uh, I think that you know his three point efficiency um, from where he was at last year, um, he, the the way he's shooting the ball, man. It, it, I feel like you know he he's uh, definitely turning a corner. Um, definitely shooting. Yeah, that's. That's one probably the most encouraging thing offensively that I've seen from Jalen this year. As we move on to DeJounte Murray here, 39 minutes, 7 of 17 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. You'd love to see uh, 8 free throws from DeJounte there. 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 22 points. DeJounte before the fourth quarter, I thought was was kind of really passive and just uh, not, not affecting the game that much, especially offensively. But I, in the fourth quarter, he came alive, man. Like, uh, it was it, it was it was kind of just saying like a light bulb went off in his head. It's like all right, uh, I'm I'm here now, and he affected the game really well. Played great defense in that fourth quarter, and kind of really led the led the Hawks down the stretch here. Yeah, I felt like DJ closed out this game uh, really really well. Um, moving to Trey Young, the player of the game, uh, 42 minutes, uh, 12 of 17 from the field. 7-11 from deep, 1-2 from the free throw line, 15 assists, 1 rebound, 3 steals, 1 block, um, you know, 32 points. Like, <laughs> I mean, Trey Young put on a, a master class. Um, he wanted uh, everyone to know that they made a mistake by not selecting him to be an all-star, and I think he proved his point tonight. Yeah, I think – that's the perfect way to use that. This was a Trey Young master masterclass for sure. All right, we as we move into the three keys for the Hawks next game, Golden State Warriors come to State Farm Arena tomorrow night on the second half of a back-to-back. The first key, Tim, it's going to be be organized in transition. Last time the Hawks faced the Warriors on the road, the 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 Warriors, Steph and Clay in particular, just launched threes in transition, and the Hawks just couldn't identify uh, who whose man that was, and it was it was a lot of three point three point makes for the Warriors. Yeah, and you know, the first things first when you play Golden State is also making sure you run Curry off the line. Um, I mean, he is the best shooter of all time for a reason. Um, I think if there's a chance for you to get him off the line, you get him off the line. Um, moving to the second key. Jonathan Kaminga. Um, I felt like he has been uh, a thorn in the Hawks' side, definitely in the last game. Uh, he shot perfect uh, from the field the last time the Hawks played. And uh, I think that, you know, for them, maybe uh, an extra help defender um, for him, definitely on drives, will, will probably help that. Uh, I know DeAndre Hunter probably will be back for this game. So maybe throwing different looks at him as well will will help them. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully Jalen Johnson uh, kind kind of has a, a little get back performance defensively against Kaminga tomorrow. Uh, and you know the, this the offense for the Warriors. I mean, they're, they're seventh uh, seventh in points per game and second in three pointers made. So those those two things go hand in hand right there. And for the third key, 
It's going to be getting to the rim, put in particular putting Steph Curry and Kevon Looney in the pick and roll. Looney isn't the defender he he once was when he was a little bit younger. And Steph, uh, he's now he's been a better uh, defender than he has been when he first came into the league. But the Warriors are 29th in blocks. If the Hawk can get to the rim, Trey is making great decisions off the pass uh, with that floater in the pick and roll. I think the Hawks have a great chance to make this a four-game winning streak tomorrow night. And let's see if they can kind of put a run here as we head to the trade deadline. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinwizard 300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.